And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Ness attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the astonishing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a Western adventure of Frontier Gentlemen starring John Daner going back to 1958. But it's time now for Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? The Music Edition. Lisa will play clips from popular songs and provide a statement about each song. And my job is to guess if that statement is real or ridiculous while you play along at home. Right? That's right, and you do have a job here. So I've got some great songs, and my question—what are you doing? Go ahead. My question to you is: Yeah, um, is this covered by a particular artist? Is it covered by a particular song by yeah. a particular artist? Okay, I'll show you how it goes. I'm not. I'm confused. It's not confusing. I've Here's, spent most of my life confused, being confused. So that's normal. Yeah. Well, let's hear the first song. Yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> All my, my troubles seem so far away Now it looks as though they're here to stay Oh, I believe in yesterday So that's John Lennon Suddenly All right, so singing yesterday. the Beatles right. I mean, a song we all know and love And a lot of people have sung this song Yes My question to you is Was this song covered by Dean Martin? By Dean Martin? Yes. No. Is that real or ridiculous? No, that's ridiculous. It was not it was not covered by Dean Martin. All right, well let's listen and see if okay. if this is Dean Martin or a different version. Okay. Yesterday. That's that's let me tell you who that is. All my troubles right. so It is Frank ridiculous. Sinatra. That is Frank Sinatra. Yeah, I, so I got that one right. You did. Good start. Carl's smiling ear to ear. Oh, I believe. I believe. Have you ever heard this before? In yesterday. The Frank Sinatra version. Yes, I have. I have heard this, and um, he had a little. Um, Friendship, as they say, with Marilyn Maxwell. Yes, we just talked about that earlier this evening. It's a friendship of sorts. <laughs> of sorts. It's, 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 it's a sort of friendship. Very close it's a friendship. It's friendship, all right. Spelled differently, yeah, but yes. I know. <laughs> uh, okay, good okay. start. Here's right. the next song. Suddenly. 
baby, I got it. And what you need, baby, you got it. So this is Respect. Right. And this is originally recorded by Otis Redding. Otis Redding. Which is what we're listening to now. Right. My statement for you is, Mm -hmm. was this popularized or covered by Aretha Franklin? Oh, of course. Absolutely. It's more popular by her than it was by Otis Redding. You're absolutely right. Let's hear it. Yeah, so that's real. It is really interesting to hear the same song. It sounds so completely different. Yeah, well, it's a little bit different beat. Very different. Also, yeah. And she's got a little higher voice than Otis Redding, would you say? Just a little. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just the hair. Just a little bit. Man, she's something, huh? Gosh. Actually, all of these artists are something. That's why they've all made right, the so list. so I got that one right, too. You're going to get all of them right. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's a little bit of an easier version. I thought maybe I could dumb it down a little bit hey, today. So, <laughs> so you're saying I'm going to get them all right? So yes. are you giving me some respect? No, absolutely not. <laughs> all right. That'll take you much more time to earn. What's next? All right. Let's listen to the next song. If I should stay. That's Dolly Parton. It is. See how I always know who you the do. singer is? So this is I Will Always Love You, written and originally recorded by Dolly Parton, but covered by Man, Whitney Houston. Just listen to this. Listen to how good this is. God, she's so talented. Isn't she? Man. Hey, maybe we'll meet her one day. You know, you know what I think? I really think she's she's underrated, don't you? No, she's pretty iconic, I think. No, I mean, <laughs> but listen to that voice. I mean, it's amazing. I think that's pretty well known and appreciated my goodness so great so what was the uh so this here it is so i will always love you is written and originally recorded by dolly parton by covered but covered by whitney houston yeah real or ridiculous that's all let's listen yeah this was in the bodyguard Mm -hmm. movie the bodyguard my good pal is in that movie, Mike Starr. Right. Yeah. He plays Kevin Costner's partner I, in, the, remember him. in the movie. He used to stay at my house all the time. He'd come to Chicago. He's, hey, can I flop at your house? I'm like, sure, Mike. Come on, man. He was great. I haven't seen him in a long time. That's what happens with your friends generally. You know, they come like, and they go. They, they stay at my house for a few times and then they're like... They work at the radio station and then they're off. Then they're out of here. Maybe it's me. Maybe I have B.O. Maybe I need... Um, I think it's much more... Think I need to change. Than that. Should I change my deodorant? I have no comment on that. I can't comment Should I start wearing some? Again, no comment. I mean, maybe the right guard is just not not doing it. Maybe I should trade left guard or something that like might that. Help. You know, or like Mitchum. I hear Mitchum is supposed to be really good. Yeah, couldn't comment on that either. Um, but the right guard maybe is not cutting it. You know, <laughs> maybe that's why I don't have any friends anymore. It's like they're like you know, if it was only that simple, Carl. <laughs> You know, here's the thing, though. I take a shower once a week whether I need to or not. You know? Mike, help me. Maybe you uh, need some of my custom bubbles. Yeah. Oh, a little bubble bath. If I took as many bubble baths as you do, Mike, 
I'd be all pruney all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be that pruney. All right, so I've got every one of them right. Yeah, you're going to get the last one right, too. It's the last one? Mm -hmm. Here's the last one. All right. Yeah, it might be B.O. B.O. could be the... Okay, so that is... That's um, Bob Dylan. That's Bob Dylan. See how I get the... Yeah. What do you, would you know the name of the song? I mean, that's a pretty good... I mean, I get them all. They usually get the person. It's true. This is Blowing in the Wind. Blowing in the Wind. performed by Bob Dylan. Yeah. Um, but was this covered by Stevie Wonder? Real or no, ridiculous? ridiculous. It was not. It was not covered by Stevie Wonder. It was somebody else. Well, it's been covered by a lot of people. But... I don't think Stevie Wonder ever did it. Okay, let's listen and see if it's Stevie Wonder. Gotcha. It's Stevie Wonder? This is Stevie Wonder singing wow. Blowing in the Wind. Really? What a different That's feel. Stevie Wonder. Wow. Who sings better? Me or Stevie Wonder? Well, let me hear you. I can't. I don't know this song. Well, then how do I know? Well, you've heard me sing. I, I need a little memory jog. I'm trying to get a record a contract gig out of this radio show. Right. Maybe you should keep I mean, is there any rec- Is there any record producers out there? Well, that- didn't you say Billy Joel was listening earlier? But Maybe I mean, he'll give you a call. He, I asked him. He said no. no. He's too busy. Too busy. But I mean, maybe you could give him some piano lessons. Is there any fledgling record companies out there that take a take a, a flyer, ch- take a flyer on me? Like, get me some. You know, I, I I get it. I'm a I'm I'm rough. I'm like a diamond in the rough. Mm. I need some polishing. I need some lessons. I get it. Get me some lessons, and uh, and and then. Well, I'd Make miss you. I'd miss you, but we'd go on without you, Carl. I want to be a. I am a frustrated singing. Uh, you are a frustrated. Artist. What? I'm a. I'm a frustrated singer. Is that it? Yeah. For, no. Other things too, but <laughs> I'm frustrated. Already. I know you are. But I want to be a singer. Do you? You know? Yeah. Well, keep working at it, Carl. You I never need, know. I definitely need lessons. Okay, mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. I would not be embarrassed. Like if some record record promoter was out there and he said, look, I'll sign you, but you're going to need intense, intense lessons. lessons. I would do it. I'd I'd give it 100%. I I still think that you could only go so far with the lessons. You have to have some type of a talent talent that was just some ability to sing. Some some type of a natural talent. You should, I mean, in the shower, I sound really good. But I really don't want to. I know, Go but there. I'm telling you, I should take a like a CD player Would in you, there. So. A CD player? <laughs> <laughs> Probably is not a good idea. Your age is showing, Carl. <laughs> take a take a like a digital recorder in there. Mm-hmm. But I I hear you're not supposed to have electronics in. I'm pretty sure you wouldn't know how to record yourself. Probably not. Yeah, I didn't think so. So that's that's probably it's all moot, right? But anyway, well, thanks, anyways, Lisa. that's Got pretty good. Three out of four is one. pretty darn great. Pretty good. All right, when we come back. A, uh, a great Western series, Frontier Gentlemen, starring John Daner. I promise you'll like it. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. 
And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Frontier Gentlemen was a great Western series. John Daner starred as J.B. Kendall. He was a reporter for the London Times newspaper, was here in America, though, and followed the adventures of an English journalist as he roamed the turbulent times of the Western United States in the late 1800s in search of newspaper stories that he would send back to the London Times. And while here in America in the turbulent Western days, he met Jesse James, Calamity Jane, Wild Bill Hickok, and other famous, you know, it's all fictional, but it was great. Uh, He was as proficient with a gun as he was with a pen. CBS aired this series for only one season. I think it just... um, I don't know. It maybe just came too late in radio life, 1958. Mm -hmm. I mean, radio was kind of on its way out by this time. Anyway, top supporting actors in the cast, Harry Bartell, Virginia Gregg, Stacey Harris. This is called Kendall Robs Jesse James. Let's go back to July 27th, 1958. Part one now, Frontier Gentlemen. My second encounter with the Jesse James gang was a little more fortunate than the first. This is what happened. Frontier Gentlemen. Here with an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual stories. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. In just a moment, we will bring you the latest report from the Frontier Gentlemen. Keeping one ear to the ground may offer fine possibilities for calisthenics. But when it comes to keeping up with world affairs, you'll find CBS News much more reliable, much more convenient, too. Regularly scheduled CBS News programs, like those featuring Walter Cronkite and Wells Church, come to you on most of these same stations throughout the week. They keep you right up to the minute with history, with concise, informative reports. Now, starring John Daner, this is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentleman. Thaddeus Clark was a miner returning to Illinois from the western Wyoming gold mining country. He and I shared a common bond. We had both been held up by Jesse James and his companions outside of Laramie. But Clark had been relieved of some $5,000 in gold dust, whereas my loss, although leaving me stony broke, amounted to a matter of only $20. In all friendliness and goodwill, Clark offered to pay for my ticket to Cheyenne, where I was sure my remittance from England would be waiting I accepted the loan, and the two of us boarded the train. As we waited in the station for our departure, I commented to the conductor on the fact that except for us, the carriage was empty. Well, these days, folks is moving west. Not many coming back. You should have seen us last trip out to Salt Lake. Biggest crowd in the year. Any particular reason for that? No, just like a plague of locusts. No telling why. Same with eastern folks. Seems they 
all decided once to pull up stakes and head out this way. Of course, there'll be more getting on in Cheyenne. How soon will we be pulling out, mister? Um, about two minutes. Arriving Cheyenne, barn Buffalo, Indians, and bad men at 4.30. Buffalo and Indians is all right. We've had enough of bad men. That's so? Trouble, huh? And we had the dubious honor of being held up by Jesse James. You don't say. <laughs> well, now, Jesse James. I'd given something to seeing him. We did. Well, sir, proud to have met you boys. Have a good trip. Jesse James. Ain't <laughs> He's impressed. He can afford to be. Now, what do you plan to do now? Do you still go back to Illinois? I haven't made up my mind. Got enough to last for a while. Mm. Then maybe I'll go on back to Sweetwater Country after I spend a little while in Cheyenne. Mm. Pan gold again? Yeah. Plus, I'm lucky enough to hit a vein. How about you? Oh, I'm not sure. I've been thinking about working my way through Dakota Territory. Then perhaps down to Kansas. I'd like to see Dodge City. Well... Can't say I'll be sorry to see the last lap. <laughs> Can't exactly blame you. Hey! Hmm? Oh. Coming out of the waiting room. Those two men. Both men were well-dressed and carried no luggage. They ran toward the train and then disappeared from view. But I'd had enough time to recognize at least one of them. It was Jesse James' companion, the one we knew only as C.D. They got on. I'll swear they did. Did you see him, C.D., did you? Yes. You think the other fellow's one of the gang? I never saw him without a mask, but I'd be willing to bet on it. Uh, keep your head down. Pretend to be asleep. I'll read the newspaper. All right. Oh, I swear, C.D., I don't know how you do it. I swear. <laughs> you just don't know how. Let's get him. No, not yet. Keep your head down. If they look back there. Can you see? What are they doing? They just sat down. Up at the front. I get my hands on that sneaking lowdown. And the question is, are the others on the train, too? You mean James? Yeah. He might have gone on further back. We didn't see him. My 5,000. If they've still got it, you might get it back. What's going on now? Ah, uh, they've got a bottle. Taking a drink. All right. I think now's as good a time as any. Get out your gun. You sure it's loaded? Yep. They'll walk up there, quietly. They'll sit down behind them. If they see us before we get there, drop to the floor and start shooting. Don't worry. Right. Come on, then. Listening to Arthur Godfrey time five days a week is a virtue that comes with a built-in reward. Arthur and the gang have just one thought in mind, to bring you entertainment. Since their songs and comedy do just that, you do yourself a favor every time you tune them in. Every weekday, join us on most of these same stations for Arthur Godfrey time. All right, don't forget, listen to Arthur Godfrey time, yes, would you? Yes, I would. Five days a week. Yeah, he's Don't funny. miss a he single episode of Arthur Godfrey.
Okay. Yes, I'm right. on it. I right. do whatever you tell me to do. I always just say yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Here's Lisa. No. No. You should hear her off air. Hey, Lisa, no. No, I rarely say no. Yeah. I have, but well, well only when your requests are inappropriate. <laughs> what do you mean inappropriate? Inappropriate for one reason or another. What are you talking about? <laughs> Crazy. Frontier Gentlemen, July 27, 1958. Kendall robs Jesse James. It's the second run-in with Jesse James, Lisa. Oh. Wasn't his first. No, I know what second means. <laughs> this is a good... I love this series. I love Frontier Gentlemen. Such a great, great Western series. We'll have more of this. And John Daner is J.B. Kendall, journalist for the London Times, after this short break. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. I can't wait to have my Mies meals. Oh, Me man. too. I look forward to my, every Monday having yeah. a really good dinner. Mies meals, man. They're the best. They're our uh, food delivery sponsor. And they're like no other food delivery service because you get all of the materials, everything you need, all of the food. The chop, ingredients. Well, the ingredients. <laughs> shop. Well, that tells you how how. how terrible of a cook i am and you know and just and it makes me so great because i get everything by the chefs there they have all these amazing chefs at me's meals who prepare these incredible dinners and then they give you everything you need you have you don't need to have any ability to cook anything and you're like a gourmet cook right yeah and you know what i like i get to choose my dinner. It's not just like they send you something, no, whatever's on no. the menu that week. There are 10 or 12 items to choose from. And I know you picked a, a meat this week, a, mm-hmm. a Korean dish, and Mike picked a, a chicken a kebab with vegetables. And I picked a, a salad. It's got grilled chicken and also vegetables and apples and walnuts and all health. A Waldorf salad. Waldorf Said salad. Said it right that time. All very healthy and very delicious and very creative. Things like I could not have thought up myself. Mies Meals, M-E-E-Z Meals, they're the best. And literally it takes 15 to 20 minutes of cooking, and then it's on your table and you're feeding your entire family. And as we said earlier, it's not a subscription service where you have to order every week. You can just order this week and then maybe skip a couple of weeks and order. I mean, whatever. But every week they have new items for you. 
Right. And while I don't generally enjoy cooking, I think part of the magic of Mies Meals is the preparation yeah. and is doing it together and working together and making it so easy yet so delicious at the same time. You know, and if you're like carb conscious, you can substitute cauliflower for, or for rice or whatever. You know, they Zucchini have, noodles yeah. for pasta. They, they, they have it all there for you. It's really incredible. And everyone that tries it always... I, I get so many emails yes. and people saying, hey, thanks for telling us about Mies Meals. We love it. And here's another great thing. When you order Mies Meals for the very first time, so just give them a try, you can take 50% off your order by using the promo code CARL at checkout. So go to Mies Meals, M-E-E-Z Meals.com. Check out all the amazing, uh, amazing dishes that they have. Every week it changes. And use the promo code CARL. Take 50% off the first time you order. I know you will love it. We all love it. Mike gets it. Lisa gets it. I get it every single week. And we just love it. All right. We're listening to Frontier Gentlemen. John Daner is J.B. Kendall. And this is called Kendall Robs Jesse James from July 27th, 1958. The conclusion now to Frontier Gentlemen. The two men who had robbed us, members of Jesse James' gang, occupied seats at the front of the carriage. Clark and I moved up the aisle toward them, the carriage rocking and swaying as we rounded a bend. We sat down behind them. Now listen, I tell you, I've seen it. I've seen it myself, Billy. This fella, he's only got one eye, and, and Frank, he don't like the way the cards is going. Yeah. Well, he figures the one-eyed gin is doing some fancy dealing. <laughs> so he skins his gun out. You've seen Frank draw. I sure have seen him draw. Billy lays it on the table in front of him, and he says, Well, boys, we're going to have a fresh deal. The fellas in the game, they take one look at Frank's face. Yeah. This one, they say, All right, Frank. Sure, sure, anything you say. Frank's it. All right, now we got that settled. And you know what he's doing all this time? <laughs> he, he's tapping on that gun laying while he's talking. And he says, now we got that settled, I'm saying right now, that from here on there ain't going to be nothing but square deal. I ain't making no accusations, nothing like that. But I'll tell you, if I catch any son of a gun cheating again, I'm going to shoot his other eye out. <laughs> Very good. Good story. But don't turn around, gentlemen. Just put your hands up. All the way. Hey. You don't I know you? Recognize the voice, huh? You candle? And Clark, where's my gold? All in good time. Better search them first. If they try anything while I'm doing it, Clark, shoot CD in the back of the neck. Right here. How? Just so. Well, an unexpected pleasure, CD. I don't think I've met your companion. Billy. Billy Badger. All right, Billy. Keep those arms stretched nice and high. (laughs) 
Quite an arsenal. And that does for you. Now, CD. Very carefully, get up and come out into the aisle. Can you hold these, Clark? Mm, two more. Ah, that's better. What about the gold? Yeah, yes, I was coming to that. Sit down, C.D. Now, what about Mr. Clark's gold? We ain't got it. Oh? Who has? Jesse? And where is Jesse? We don't know. Do we, Billy? No. That's a fact. We split up. Did you? And where did Mr. James go? I told you. We don't know. Oh, yeah, so you did. Which makes it rather awkward for you two gentlemen. Hey, now, are you going to kill us? Well, look, you, you can't do that. Without the money you stole, you're not much use to well, us. Now, just w- wait a minute here. Hold on. I've, I've, I've got some. Here, maybe 200 in gold. There's another 50 in paper. I got about the same. Hand it over. Sir, that leaves about 4,500 you owe us. Well, now, now listen, we can give Shut it to up, you. Billy. You were saying? Nothing. Oh, all he meant was that well, when we get to Cheyenne, maybe we raise the money there for you. Is that what he meant? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. They're lying, Kendall. I agree. No, we ain't lying on us. We sure ain't. You want first shot, Clark? Sure. Uh, not in the stomach, though. They, they make so much noise. Now, now that downright Fellas, murder, give us look, a chance. Stand up in the aisle, boys. We don't want to get blood all over the seats. Wait now, minute. look. Wait a minute. You can get your money. Shut up, Billy. But just shut up. Kendall, I'll bet you five bucks you can't take off an ear at five paces... Who's? Either one. I'll take Billy. You've got a bet. Uh, which ear, right or left? Um, left. Mm-hmm. Left. Uh, move over, CD. Billy, back up to the door. Well, now look, fellas. You've got nothing to worry about, Billy. He's bluffing. Back up. But... He's bluffing, Billy. How do you know? Ain't your ear. Yeah, that's far enough, Billy. Ready? You ain't got the guts, kid. Don't worry, Billy. He ain't got the guts. Oh. Missed. That's five, you owe me. Same bet. You try it. All right. No. No, I'll tell you. You shut up, Billy. You shut up. I ain't shooting at you. Frank Stack. In the next carriage back. He's carrying them gold sacks we took off. Anybody else with him? No. Where's James? James? Where is James? We're meeting him up ahead. Good. Now sit down again, both of you. Clark, I'll get Stack. You keep an eye on these fellows. What's he wearing, Billy? Oh, regular black sack coat, vest, bowler hat. He's about your height. Wouldn't you figure, C.D.? Yeah, I guess. Fine. If they give you any trouble, Clark... Well, we won't give no trouble, honest. I moved back through the carriage and out onto the open platform, climbed over the railing and into the next coach. I looked for the conductor, but he was nowhere in sight. 
Then I spotted the man who answered the description of Frank Stack. He was sitting alone, but I felt uneasy when I saw that the seats both behind and in front of him were occupied. Keeping my gun hidden underneath my jacket, I quickly moved down the aisle and sat down next to Stack. Yeah, find another place, mister, right away. This is a gun, Stack. See? Now, we don't want any of the people in here to be hurt, do we? Hey, you're the fellow that... That's right. The one you held up near Laramie. Pick up your bag and walk ahead of me. Hey, now, listen, I don't Don't talk, just do as you're told. Yeah. Yeah, all right, but don't, don't get itchy. We're going to join your friends up in the next coach. Walk slowly, behave yourself, and you may live until we reach Cheyenne. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. That ain't going to prove nothing. Just put up shot. Killed standing here unless he stops arguing. I'll hold the bag. No, no, you don't have to. Oh, yes, I do. Thank you. Off you go. Open the door and go in. I thought you said there ain't nobody in here. Clark! Clark! Keeping Stack in front of me, I walked the length of the empty car. Then, where Clark had been sitting, I found him. The miner was sprawled out on the coach floor, wedged between seats. An ugly cut on his head, a trickle of blood running from it. Get more for the money you spend. Earn more on the money you save by making use of the practical information that comes your way on the business news. Throughout the week on CBS Radio, our business news brings you Walter Cronkite or Bill Downs with an up-to-the-minute report on price trends, marketing conditions, and everything else of a business nature that's likely to interest you. Join us on most of these same CBS radio stations when it's time for the next edition of the Business News. I had a pretty good idea where the other two road agents had gone. In front of our carriage was the mail and baggage car. I disarmed Stack, then forced him to lie face down on the floor while I tried to help Clark. It took about ten minutes for him to recover consciousness. Clark. The uh, clock. Uh, clock. Oh. Ooh, I, I thought I was dead. Clark, what happened? Well, we we hit a, a rough bed of rail on a cur- curve. It threw me off balance. And the next thing I knew, that CD was all over me. He, he got one of the guns we left lying on the seat... That's what happened. Ooh. Here, this might make you feel better. Open up the bag. Hey, what's he doing down there? You have to shoot him? No, he's just behaving himself. Hey, hey, my gold. Let's see, seven, 
Wait a minute. There's only seven. Where's the other three sacks? Better ask him. Where's the rest of my gold, mister? Get up, Stack. Where is it? Jesse lost it in a poker game last night back in Laramie. He did, huh? Where are you supposed to meet James? Hmm? Well, don't worry. You'll tell me. Clark, go and find the conductor. Tell him the other two are in the baggage car. Right. Now, here, take his gun with you. Now, Mr. Stack, I'm only going to ask you once more. Where are you meeting James? <laughs> more? No, no, no. You're waiting at Dale Creek Bridge. Ah, so that's the game. Train hold up this time, huh? How many with him? Just one. What's the plan? We'll flag down the train this side of the bridge. C.D., Billy Badger, and me will clean out the baggage car and wait for the westbound out of Cheyenne. As soon as it crosses Dale Creek Bridge, we blow up the trestle and empty out their baggage car. I see. Single track, two trains facing each other, bridge down. The only way to go is Laramie. You fellas hightail it for the east, right? Yeah. Hmm. Effective. By the time they're able to get to Laramie and telegraph the news to Cheyenne, I imagine you'll be well on your way to Dakota Territory. Well, we'll have to try to do something about this, won't we? He didn't answer. Just stood there, glaring at me. A minute or so later, Clark came back, followed by the conductor. I told them what was in store for us. The first thing we did was to bind stacks securely and place him under the guard of one of the other passengers. Then we had to work out the best plan of procedure. I don't know. Dale Creek Bridge ain't so far off. Maybe five minutes, probably less. We're making pretty fair time. Is there any way of getting into the baggage car beside through the door? No, sir. I got no key. Mail clerk must have opened it for them. Side door sealed, too. Only way to get in is to blow it in. No, no. If you ask me, we'll keep right on going. Ride her into Cheyenne. Then we can let the marshal get him out. It's a good idea, except for one thing. If James has already got the charge laid to the bridge, and we don't stop on signal, he might blow it up. Not with his own boys aboard. Well, I shouldn't like to risk the lives of your passengers on the supposition that James has a tender heart. How much gold are you carrying in the baggage car? Hundred thousand. Mister, from what I've seen of Jesse James, for a hundred thousand in gold, he'd set fire to his own mother. He won't give two hoots and a holler about the rest of his gang. Yeah, yeah. Now, if they don't suspect that anything is wrong, when they signal you to stop, you stop. Well, there's only two of them. I want to avoid the possibility of one meeting the train and the other waiting to set off the charge. Once we can get them both in sight, we can shoot it out. Makes good sense to me. I'll go up and tell the engineer. No, you, you warn the passengers. Tell them not to panic. I'll talk to the engineer. You'll have to go over the top of the baggage car. I'll manage. Well, we better get a move on. We haven't much time. But it took longer than I thought it would to convince a highly suspicious engineer. So that by the time he agreed to stop the train, if so ordered, we were only a scant minute from Dale Creek. I remembered the trestle from another trip I had taken a few weeks before. It was more than 130 feet high, spanning a chasm between six and 700 feet in width. The thought of a charge blowing up as we were crossing was not pleasant. I left the engine cab and had just reached the platform standing between the baggage car and the coach 
when there was a scream of brakes. See anything? Ah, uh, not yet. Yes, there's one. He's on horse, standing by the engine. I can't see who it is. Nobody on this side. Well, unless they're going to blow up the side of the car, James is either going to have to get in through here, or C.D. and Badger will have to come out. Maybe they're waiting for one of the boys to get off. You figure some kind of signal we don't know about? No, no. Wait a minute. There's another. Both of them now. Come over here. Yeah, that's James on the black horse, see? Yeah. Keep back. Kendall, look out! What is that? Jesse, it's a trap! Look out! Come on, Jesse, let's get out of here! Uh, Give me your gun, Clark! But it was too late. Jesse James and his companion were gone. When we reached Cheyenne, Frank Stack and the bodies of C.D. and Billy Badger were turned over to the marshal. Thad Clark recovered all but $750 of his fortune, and I, my $20. As well as being able to boast that I had fired at and missed the notorious Jesse James. Frontier Gentlemen was written, produced, and directed by Anthony Ellis and stars John Daner as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were Harry Bartell as Clark, Stacey Harris as C.D., Charles Seal as the conductor, and Vic Perrin as Billy Badger. Join us again next week for another report from the Frontier Gentleman, Bud Sewell speaking. That's Frontier Gentleman, July 27, 1958. Kendall Robbs, Jesse James, starring John Daner, is heard on CBS. Time for Sarah's Backstage Pass. Sarah, take it away. Hey, Carl, and hello to all of our listeners out there. Tonight, I'm going to talk about a very popular TV show, Succession, and the movie Blackberry, that's been newly released in theaters. Succession Season 1 aired in 2018 on HBO to rave reviews. It's based on the famous wealthy Murdoch family. Brian Cox plays Logan Roy, the family's patriarch. Jeremy Strong plays Kendall, his son. Kieran Culkin is Roman, another son. And Sarah Snook is his daughter, Shiv. Everything I've done in my life, I've done for my children. I know I've made mistakes, but I've always tried to do the best by them because I love them. Have you thought about the possibility that your children are actually scared of you? First of all, succession is for adults only. The language is not suitable for teens or kids. The writing and acting, oh, they are razor sharp. The series is great to watch once you've settled in and expect what's coming. I'd say check it out. Season four ends in two weeks. Blackberry, 
is a film about the creation of the first smartphone in 2002. It's an inside look at the beginnings of smartphone technology that started in all places, Waterloo, Canada. Matt Johnson is the director and co-writer. Yeah, what can I do for you? Okay, picture a cell phone and an email machine all in one thing. I enjoyed the movie as is both comical and very serious. Check it out. Thanks for listening in tonight. I'm Sarah Knight Adamson, your national film and TV critic for Hollywood 360. Check out my interview with director and actor Matt Johnson of BlackBerry on my website, Sarah's Backstage Pass. I'll see you next week. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, Jack Webb stars as Detective Pat Novak for Hire from 1949. Really good episode. You won't want to miss it. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for learning the lyrics, and I got none last week. That's right. Not even Maybe one. Maybe you can redeem yourself. We are on the letter T. So T. these are all songs whose title begins with the letter T. Tie a yellow ribbon. ribbon round the old Uh-oh. oak tree. Uh-oh. It's been three I didn't long that years. That's too you? easy. No? No. All right. But we've got some other good T songs. All right. See you soon. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.